Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Gotta be feeling good about what Mike White's done today. On third and four, he'll look to throw. In zone, Wilson, a big play downfield. Wilson still going along the sideline. He's not going to go down. Allen tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown. Rodgers in trouble again, and he's sacked again by Quinn Williams. What a beast, number 95 for the Jets. Listen. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's time for another edition of the Offseason Roundtable. And so our friend John Grella is back. Of course, John is the former communications director for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He does sports and political PR. Whoever comes to him with the big check, I wish Woody Johnson would one of these days because I think he'd do a great job for the New York Jets. John, thanks so much for coming back on the show, brother. It's great to be back, Scott. So, John, let's talk a little bit first about your wheelhouse, and that, of course, is the PR game. Talk a little bit about what happened with Elijah Moore, all the stuff that's been leaking out now about Mike LaFleur and all of that. Where would all this stuff have been coming from, and how would you have tried to have kept it in-house if you had been the one that was running the communications arm for the Jets? So there's only so much you can control, and obviously the expectation on the part of the organization from ownership to GM to coach and even down to players is that everything um, be controlled. That said, um, there if there are forces out there either with loose lips deliberately or inadvertently, things will get out. There are so many points of exposure, Scott, with all those players in the locker room and all of their agents and all the members of the media who are trying to, you know, get some tasty scoop. Um, so in the interesting in- instance of a, a current player and an outgoing coach, um, the view might be, at least from the player, that all bets are off, that this guy is no longer part of the organization and I'm still around, so I'm going to speak my piece. So um, Elijah might have um, decided that the coast was clear. Not every interaction between players and media are done in the light of day, meaning in the locker room. And uh, much to the chagrin of PR folks, uh, reporters do have uh, the digits of, of players, coaches, GMs, agents, etc. So regardless of how this, this got from point A to, to, to point B, um, it obviously uh, was seems to have been um, uh, let out with, with some design and some intent um to um essentially you know kick LaFleur when he's down and 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 um and kind of recast uh the second year of Elijah Moore's career 
um, as not his fault um, after a very promising last season rookie campaign um, certainly was was closer to MIA this year and and it seems like he and or his agent want to let everyone know that's not on me bro now let's talk about everything that went down on the field. Where are you at with Robert Sala and Joe Douglas so far? Do you like what Sala's brought to the table as a head coach overall? And Joe Douglas, with this roster, how optimistic are you that he's the one to continue pushing the ball forward for the Jets and driving them in the right direction? Like like a lot of fans, you have to sort of balance um, what you know to be true and then sort of, sort of your gut feeling. And uh, I've always had a, a pretty good gut feeling about Joe Douglas, not just because he loves professional wrestling, uh, particularly the Four Horsemen, but but um, or that he has a shaved head like like I do. Um, but in general, I, I've I've uh, always liked him, uh, and obviously there, yeah, there have been misses and and there are misses everywhere. But in general, I have tremendous um, confidence in him. Uh, not only is he um, a master trader, uh, but he also um, seems to seems to have gotten a handle on drafting, with the lone exception of the most important position on the field. Uh, but we'll, I'm sure we'll get to that. Um, as it pertains to Sala, um, probably come in with a little bit less uh, positive vibes for uh, for reasons some in some ways I can't articulate. Um, but, uh, look there, what I will say is that in, in, in times of doubt or uncertainty, um, you know, you can get into trouble and, and, and lean too much on the experts, but he seems to be very well regarded and respected. And I really, there are certain, um, experts out there, not all created equally, um, who I really listen to. And I listen, you know, kind of like pay attention to what's said and not said between the lines, uh, and and it seems like he is well regarded, remains well regarded. So, in as much as I have faith in him, it is uh, it began with that. Um, obviously, the turnaround of the defense and the in the earlier part of the season uh, were promising. Um, that said, toward the end of the season, like so many others, um, doubt started to find its way back in, uh, creep its way back into my head uh, about whether he's the guy long term. Uh, I, you know, the fact that the team could not, um, like, didn't come ready to play, started flat, stayed flat, seemed to just not get off the bus in some instances. Something I pointed to last year, um, particularly I was thinking of last year. Remember when they got smoked by the by the Broncos um, a, a season ago, and some other games where you just like you know, did, was everybody out partying last night or, or whatever? And I, I don't think he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who would suffer a lack of effort um, uh, easily. But but for some for whatever reason, um, when these games mattered most, um, the teams just did not show up. Um, and, and that's, that's on somebody. So, um, I, um, I, I'm, I'm still not sure on, on Sala. Um, I'm glad the defense is in a better spot and, and certainly he des- deserves some credit for it, but it is, but I've got a real problem. Um, and look, sequence matters, Scott, right? Like you, at the beginning of the season, when we talked about, um, this year, uh, on and offline, um, I thought that a you know seven or eight win season was was a fair expectation when a lot of people thought uh, we were crazy. Um, it did turn out that they they uh, ended up with that 
total of wins. Uh, but um, how it how it played out in the sequence of it matters quite a bit to me. Um, and certainly, if you would if you had done it in reverse and and ended on a high note, sort of like the Jaguars did, or or the Lions did, or, or some others, or the Steelers, you'd feel a lot different um, about your prospects going in next year than than a team that was in the hunt and almost like melted down the second that the um, the pressure was was applied. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. John, what did you think of the decision to move on from Mike LaFleur? I, I find myself in an interesting spot, Scott, because I, I went from sort of fan to professional to fan to professional in, in the sports PR uh, world. And and so I, I kind of like straddle these two worlds where, you know, you, you feel like acting like a petulant little child. And, you know, when things don't go your way and you want you want heads to roll and and whatnot. So um, I had um, high hopes for LaFleur, um, was um, cognizant the whole while of of what he was up against in terms of, you know, um, injuries and, and, and maybe a quarterback who, you know, who he didn't select himself. Um, but, uh, but look that, you know, fans now, um, you know, want scalps when, when, um, when things don't work out and and I, he's going to be one of those guys who's going to, who's going to end up, um, uh, being a success down the road somewhere else, and we're all going to say, you know, why didn't we have more patience with him? But that's the, uh, you know, that's the world and society and and NFL we're we're in right now. So probably on the whole, um, more pleased than not that he's gone. Um, but firing people um, is, you know, as punishment uh, is is not getting it closer to the solution. In fact. You know, uh, we keep hearing from people um, from the league about how much teams are wasting on fired coaches. Um, it's a staggering number. Uh, and then, you know, people I respect, like um, former Jet executive Pat Kerwin, who I like to listen to as a sober and serious um, wise man, um, you know, talks about the lack of patience in this day and age and, and, and how the lack of patience um, ends up setting so many franchises back. So many franchises back. Um, that's not to say that if things aren't working, that you don't um, act decisively. Um, but um, you know, I, I, I see both sides of the situation. But on the whole, um, I, I, I understand that things need to be uh, changed. That said, Scott, um, you know, when I think about the system we run um, and when it was working, and this West Coast you know, sort of uh, Shanahan offense um, when, from all we've been told, um, you don't need the best running backs in the world to run it. You don't need the best quarterbacks in the world to run it, uh, as we can tell in San Francisco. And you may not need the best offensive line uh, in the world, or at least a different kind of offensive lineman. That sounds to me like a like a um, a value driven way to build an offense uh, where the system elevates um, players that may be undervalued by the market. I know we're going to get into quarterback eventually, but but all this stuff is just a sort of a sideshow uh, where you know so much of you know when it comes to the quarterback position. Um, if you if you get it right, then it absolves you of so many, you know, kind of washes over so many other mistakes. It's a great eraser and disinfectant. 
But when you don't have a quarterback, you have to get literally everything else right to have a chance. John, since you brought it up, let's talk quarterback. What do you think went wrong with Zach Wilson? Is he fixable? And what do you think the Jets should and will do this offseason as far as the starting quarterback in 2023? This is getting old, bro. You know, especially you see Geno in the playoffs. Not that I was willing to wait a dozen years for for Geno to blossom. Uh, But, um, you know, you see Darnold obviously have a little bit of a, I don't want to say heater at the end of the year, but um, showed some signs of life. Um, I don't know whether we should pull the plug on Zach. Um, That said, uh, is his confidence shot? Um, That's a concern. I'm not as sold on him having lost the locker room as some people are. Um, I think he's an easy guy to dislike if that's your inclination um, based on the way on his look and his, and his, um, you know, sort of silver spoon, silver spoon upbringing. Um, If um, mentally or between the ears, um, he's got a difficulty um, with processing information and making good decisions quickly, then that's obviously a huge problem. Uh, and I, I don't know how fixable. I would love to know whether that's the ailment. What 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 ails him? Um, maybe the truth will come out. Maybe it will not. Um, I, you know, keep clamoring like a lot of people. There are a whole bunch of different things that that factor into making a good quarterback. Um, I wish it was as simple as boiling boiling it down to one thing. Uh, and I and I kind of uh, wish there was somebody out there who could accurately, you know, almost like a um, good to great, you know, could kind of uh, go back and, and look at what quarterbacks um, have succeeded and what they had in common and what the sort of indispensable um, uh, traits were. Uh, and and I have to think that amongst them is is being able to make good decisions quickly. Um, and, and so that's my best hunch as to what's going on here. Uh, but the situation seems to be broken. I do believe, um, that, um, Sala, uh, and, and the regime may not be as confident in his hip, in him as they let on that he, that a lot of times coaches talk to their players through the media, uh, or don't really care what the media or the public thinks, but they they are their most immediate customers are their are, is their locker room. So I, I do think that Salo was was talking to Zach, and 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 I do think that that's why I'm of the mind that that Zach has a confidence issue because I think Zach that Salo was trying to pump him up um, to the media um, to, um, you know, to, to make sure the quarterback didn't lose more of his mojo. So that's, you know, so maybe a change of scenery would benefit him, but again, hitting, you know, there's a danger in hitting the reset button every couple of years as, as we've learned the hard way over the course of our entire lives. Great quarterbacks don't shake loose very frequently. We all know that last season, people forget this already. I, you know, I had heard from uh, on uh, moving the chains with Kerwin and, and uh, Jim Miller, that um, they were talking about, I think it was it was was their show. They were talking about this being the year where the most amount of of uh, you know higher caliber quarterbacks were available. Um, that was also true a year ago. 
um, where there were quite a few um, who either were were close to or actually became available. Um, what's what's kind of striking to me is zooming out, um, and I love to you know consider trends, um, and these trends are not just NFL trends, but also larger sports societal trends are you know we are living in an in the era of empowerment uh of athletes certainly you could see that um athletes have more have more voice have more platform have more leverage than they've ever had before so um can players uh talk their way out of town um yes they can uh and so you might see some more guys on the move than than contracts would dictate right um, we've certainly seen that with, you know, he's not a quarterback, but Jamal Adams and um, certainly um, Lamar Jack, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Deshaun Watson before his um, off the field difficulties uh, surfaced, their game plan was, was essentially to, to uh, force the hand of the organization to um, get rid of him uh, and, and understanding that organizations and coaches are allergic to distraction. Um, that was their blueprint. Um, you may see the same thing, uh, again, in certain situations here, and certainly we're keeping an eye on, on a few top ones, right? Rogers, Lamar Jackson, Derek Carr, uh, to a lesser extent, Jimmy G, all the signals coming out of Baltimore, um, in my current state of Maryland, uh, is, is that Harbaugh is, um, is, is signaling they want him back 200%. Uh, positive, uh, whatever that means. And, and um, that's, so that's a positive sign. I think Lamar ultimately returns to um, the Ravens. I think they know what they have in him. Uh, and so um, we, of course, like little kids, uh, I remember circling almost every toy in the Sears catalog as a kid, um, but we might need to cross Lamar Jackson off the Christmas list. Um, I, I think the same, not exactly the same, but similar with Rogers in that uh, the likelihood in my view is that he returns to um, returns to Green Bay. Uh, there's obviously the chance he retires, um, but um, they've got obviously 60 million invested in him. Uh, and and I, you know, it's your guess and everyone's guess as to how much he has left in the tank. I, you know, I, I still think he's, I still think he's a viable, uh, you know, and uh, intriguing prospect. Um, but my guess is that if he plays, he's playing for Green Bay. Um, Derek Carr is a different deal. Um, and and as it pertains to Carr, you know, you can already tell he's, he's you know, he's um, something of a de- uh, divisive or polarizing uh, figure in some circles and some people you know praise his leadership skills and uh, he's a leader of men and he's a comeback you know king and all this kind of stuff and then there and then he has plenty of his detractors um who pointed um even allegations of uh, illicit eyeliner use uh which which i think has not been proven yet um but um the the thing is with car um, I have a hard time believing with his no trade clause. Um, I don't understand why why he would waive that for anyone. Why not just sit there, um, bet you know, essentially force the Raiders to let him go, and and then go pick your spot? Um, because if you're gonna, let's say he wanted to come to New York, 
and that's an if. Let's say he wanted to come to New York. Why would he want the you know his new team to part with some high end picks um, that he might want to use for weapons, right? So, um, so if I'm Carr, I'm probably um, I'm probably putting my phone on silent until until the day comes that I get cut, uh, and then and then I pick my destination. John, how would you approach the offseason in terms of players that the Jets could say goodbye to or restructure, free agency, the draft, any specific direction you would take? We, we are trained to uh, draft the best player available, and I believe we did last year. Um, we're all very grateful for Sauce, um, not just for his performance on the field, but, it, but you know, he's, he's, he's hit the tipping point, right? He's, he's a household name already. He's selling selling jerseys uh nationwide uh one point crack the top 10 um and uh you know like bart scott way back when brought some swag to the team and that's cool right they're, they're that much more inclined to be in a primetime game because guys like sauce so that's that's not nothing um there i had this like kind of this this feeling uh that i probably shared with you um last spring that as much as uh you like sauce and everybody likes sauce and he and he was the right pick that if all things were equal and Equanu was as good a prospect as sauce that i might feel like we had to choose Equanu out of need than sauce so again i not to i don't want to incur the wrath of all the sauce fans i you know Bought my daughter a sauce T-shirt, my son a sauce jersey. <laughs> We're huge sauce proponents in the Grella household, but I feel like we went into um, last season looking for trouble uh, when it came to the offensive line, and lo and behold, um, we we um, encountered that trouble, and that obviously ended up being in part the undoing, um, and certainly made Zach's and and uh, Mike White's and everybody else's um, job that much harder. So um, in terms of attacking the offseason, I would love to grab another tackle high in the draft, first or second round. I would love to grab a center slash guard. Um, last year, guys like Zion Johnson or guys who could play center and guard um, have been um, – have been at the top of my wish list for some time now. Some versatility, as as we learned the hard way again this year, was would have come in handy. Um, ABT did all he could until he got hurt. Um, but I think a tackle, I think in, in a center slash guard or a guard slash center uh, would be great. Um, and at some point, um, it seems like a luxury item at this point. We are. Our fan base may overrate the the um, dynamic duo in the tight end room because it's just that much better than the hot garbage we've had in there previously. Um, but at some point, I'd love to go. It seems like all the good teams have a stud tight end, uh, pass catching tight end, and you know, um, I've I've for a minute you know been tempted by uh, guys like you know. Kyle Pitts, which of course was a luxury for us at the time. And before that Hawkinson, and then when Hawkinson became available mid season, I was like, damn, if we hadn't invested in, well, if the Vikings didn't have, um, uh, didn't lose Herb Smith and, um, and Conklin, then they maybe wouldn't have gone after um, uh, Hawkinson. 
But um, there was part of me that was like, damn, I'd, I'd love to have him. I'd love to have a young stud tight end um, to um, really take her offense to the next level. So that's on the wish list. I do know, obviously, Scott, that on the other side of the ball, that just because we're we finished as a, a top uh, top five defense that uh, we feel like everything's hunky dory. But the you know I think every everybody who's really paying attention knows that that could were an injury or non signing away from that being uh, from the defense going back to ordinary or maybe worse. Um, we have a couple of guys who are maybe past their their supposed primes. Um, we do need safety still. We do need a little bit of an infusion at linebacker. Don't know what we're going to do with with guys like Lawson. Um, but I I let's fix the damn offense at long last. And I know that complimentary football dictates that what happens on defense affects quite a bit the offense. But I'm um, I'm beyond tired. Of, of feeling like the field is 200 yards long when we're on offense and 40 yards long when the other team is on offense. Fix the freaking offense, finally. John, let's talk about where you think this team is ultimately going to be headed. We have this conversation a year from now. Do you think we're talking about a team that has made the playoffs? Do you have confidence that they're going to make the right moves to put themselves in that position? Your hope is that you, you start to you start to have draft picks stick and and that's starting to happen, but we've had that feeling before. And I remember when we debuted our new uniforms a few years ago and the guys who were at that that um uniform, you know, reveal fashion show thing, you know, one by one they were all like gone. Uh and that was a time where you're like, Oh, we've got a nucleus and and like so I'm tempted to say I think we have a nucleus again. At one point, I thought the nucleus consisted of you know Sam Darnold and Jamal Adams and 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 so on. Um, and uh, so you know, hope springs eternal. I even for someone like me um, sometimes, but I do feel like f- picks are starting to stick. The next step in in the evolution of the organization, and I remember remember this from my time in Tampa was was. Um, talking to the front office about we'd love to have uh dudes that we want to sign to a second contract right like that's the true true test right and so now quinnon is is at that point and yeah like we all want to make as much noise with our you know best first round picks while they're on their rookie contracts as possible but um but there is some good news to the fact that we have players that we want to re-up um, so I do feel like um, Joe Douglas is the right GM. Um, again, not 100% there or even 75% there on on Sala yet. Um, I will say we're on the right track. Um, that um, the quarterback is the biggest missing piece. I think we'll have clarity on it rather soon. Um and, um, and, and that'll go a long way toward, um, toward instilling, you know, vibes of, uh, varying, uh, varieties, uh, between now and then. But, um, I generally feel, uh, cautious, cautiously optimistic with the, with one more caveat. And that, and that would be when I look for teams that are going to make a playoff push, I look for a cupcake in their division that they can clean up against. Um, and for the longest time that was us. 
right? Like the, the joke was on us and that, you know, some of these other teams got healthy by, by snacking on the Jets a couple times a year. Um, and, and I don't see another team in our division being an easy win uh, or let alone two easy wins, um, you know, that would, that would give us a higher win total than, than some others. And we are competing against, you know, the second and third place teams from some other divisions in, in the conference. So, you know, are we, where are we going to get our easy wins from uh, is a, is a question I ask myself a lot. Uh, we don't know, you know, based on, we know who our opponents are next year, but you know, it, who would have guessed the schedule would have played out this way and our wins and losses would have panned out the way they did this year. Um, so my, again, my biggest concern is that the AFC has a lot of really good quarterbacks that um, that there are no cupcake teams in our division. Uh, and um, so we're, we're going to have to be legit good. And under that if we're going to get in the playoffs, we're going to have to earn it. And the biggest the biggest piece to earning it is going to be head coaching, which is a question mark and quarterback, which is a question mark. John Grella, former communications director for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, sports PR professional extraordinaire. Thanks so much for coming on and talking about what you think the Jets should do in the offseason and what went wrong in 2022 here on the roundtable with me. Really appreciate it. For those that want to get a hold of you on social media, talk some Jets, maybe seek your counsel when it comes to PR. How can they get a hold of you? At Jonathan Grella, um, and, and uh, you know, you, you're kind enough to tag me sometimes, so you'll find me that way. Um, but um, love interacting with with fellow Jets fans. Um, as uh, as we've discussed previously, I was a ball boy for the Jets back in 1990, and when Pete Carroll was the brand new um, young, fresh faced defensive coordinator, uh, and um, there were a lot of a lot of interesting. Uh, a lot of interesting things have happened since then, uh, not only f- uh, for the franchise we love, but also uh, in, in my travels. So love chopping it up about sports and sports PR um, now that I have a professional excuse to care about this stuff. <laughs> um, so um, looking forward to uh, many exciting times ahead and on to the combine, free agency, draft and all the fun stuff that we, um, we all uh, stay warm over, Scott. Bill Belichick once said, we're on to Cincinnati, but in this case, we're on to Indianapolis because that's where the combine's going to be. So make sure you check out John on social media. At Jonathan Grella, check out everything we're doing over at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. We've got some awesome All-22 breakdowns on our channel, so watch our videos and subscribe if you haven't already. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn and Williams, bless you, thank you shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies, it's all there. tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. doesn't take you much time. doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com.